This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. It is hour two, and there she is. Off mute and ready to go, Chelsea. What a Monday. Off to a great start here. Yeah, I was coughing so much last segment, I was muting myself, so I apologize. But we are off and running. Uh, we've got a jam-packed hour, like you said. I've got this all written up, but now I've got to go off script. Uh, but we do have a lot of great things to talk about because over the weekend, how much great football did we have? A ton. So, of course, we'll be rehashing that in different ways. We're going to do MVP Monday here in a few minutes uh, in this segment. Then coming up at 7.20, we are on to, in case you missed it, of course, we were watching a lot of football. But there were some things that happened in between games that you might want to know about, including CeeDee Lamb's mom stirring the pot. On Facebook, which a lot of moms love to do. Then at 740, it's on to the latest Super Bowl odds. Who do we think wins it all now that we have seen a larger sample size in the postseason? So, Jenks, have you ever stirred the pot on Facebook before? Mm, Well, no, I'm never the aggressor on Facebook. And I'm not one of those people that believes in posting something to garner attention and then stirring something up. The only time I would stir anything up is when I used to operate my Facebook page. I don't do that anymore. But back in the day, I used to post probably eight, nine times a day on Facebook. I had a pretty decent following on there, and there would be all sorts of interaction. And then every, not even every now and then, on a regular basis, you get just a cacophony of terrible comments. And so I go back and forth, back and forth, and finally I was like, okay. I got to stop doing this. So I would get into it with different people, and then I came to the conclusion this is a waste of time. I mean, do you ever really have some sort of well-thought-out discussion on Facebook with random people you don't know? No. But I, I've never gone on and said, oh, let me say something inflammatory or take a shot at someone that is that is thinly veiled or something like that. What about you? No, definitely not. I feel like that's not the way for personal drama. I think I have gone back and forth with people about like certain issues, but nothing ever like that important. Like, I think there was one time somebody was going in on my friend 
who worked at SeaWorld about like the treatment of whales because you know that's a hot button issue and people mm -hmm. who are not in the world of whales as my friend was she was in marine biology she has worked at several of these places and i know she's spent a great part of her life like trying to cater to these whales needs so clearly it was a sensitive subject for her and so i was trying to stick up for her but like the the waiting game that you have to play you type out a comment you press send and you're like all right what are they going to say? Refresh, refresh, refresh. It's such, oh, yeah. such a waste of time. Like, think about how long that takes and how long you're just sitting at your phone or your computer waiting for the person to respond. It is the least efficient way to have an argument. <laughs> yes, correct. And also, it just stresses you out when you say refresh, refresh, refresh. I've done that a billion times. Such a waste of time. Such a waste. And also... Some of the people you're talking to are, I guess it's different in your situation where maybe you know someone, and so maybe it's some sort of discussion where there is sort of some sort of history there. But if you don't know the person, then it really becomes a waste of time. And I always love, I always love waiting. Like, how many comments can you go to before the the personal insults start coming? I'm amazed at the number of people. Like, can you make an actual point without taking a personal shot? It's very difficult for people to do. Yeah, that happened to me over the weekend. I posted something on TikTok, which I hate TikTok because, again, people don't know me. They don't know my background. They think I'm just some person that's just making plays in my basement, which uh, it's actually the top of my house. So, you know, it's in the guest bedroom. Uh, but they went straight to who's feeding you this information. These aren't your original thoughts. I was like, what is this person talking about? I do a three-hour show every single weekday this is my job this is not a script so it just sucks having to constantly like defend yourself and like bring up your credentials and be like listen this is mm -hmm. what i do because these people don't know you and like that's not their fault but it goes straight to that the sports books are feeding you this they're telling you to give people this place no they're not i'm not that important like it's not that big of a deal but it does get very very frustrating oh yeah i can't even imagine I get, you know, I'll get on TikTok from time to time, but I stay away from that. And even when BetQL will post something on our on our Instagram reels, and I picked the Bills over the weekend, so I was wrong about that, and a guy wanted to make a case for the Chiefs, and I was like, well, that's fair. You can absolutely make a case for the Chiefs. First thing out of his mouth, you're an idiot. I'm like, okay. The <laughs> line's right. two and a half. Well, like, never mind, then. I mean, I, right. It's Yeah, if you want to pick the Chiefs, fair. But that's just my my broader point, which is can you make an argument without immediately like taking it just because you disagree? It's okay to disagree. It's fine. Can, but right. can you do it without being a bad person? A lot of people can't. They really can't. And also it helps when you're hiding behind a computer. You're hiding behind a handle. This isn't who you really are. One time I will say there was a guy who was being particularly nasty to me on Facebook. And I did a little research. And I pulled up because, of course, you know where I work. You know what I look like, all these different things. And I figured out where this guy worked. And I found his bio. And I took a quick screen capture of that, and I posted. I was like, hey, man, is this you? And let me tell you something. The apologies and the deletions came very quickly because he did not want me reaching out to his employer saying, do you realize that this is how your employee is speaking to other people and talking to other people online? I didn't do that. But – when people aren't hiding behind some sort of some sort of anonymous internet handle, 
then it quickly changes how they act oftentimes. Yeah, if you don't use your real name or your real picture, you cannot comment on my appearance. Like, those are the rules. Because I can't <laughs> right. look at you and be like, well, what do you know about lipstick? And why you think you know what shade of lipstick I should be wearing, which is not the point of the video. This is not a makeup video. This is a video about sports betting. So not sure why you need to know or, you know, argue about what shade of lipstick I am wearing. So uh, that's kind of how it goes in the world of social media. But how does it go? Uh, in the world of sports this weekend, we have tons of great performances to digest. But who had the best one of them all? Here are your nominees for Monday MVP. MVP! 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 Or Chelsea, you're just like me and you don't care what people think. And your daughter comes to you and goes, hey, I'm in cosmetology school and I need to learn how to dye, my, dye beards. And I let her. Oh, my God. What? Is your beard purple? It is purple, sir. It looks purple. It is very purple. Oh, my God. But why is the whole Dilly thing Donka. not purple? You need to have Like, why did you leave this part? Contrast, baby. Contrast. I love it. I absolutely oh. love it. She actually said, can, can we keep this part? just your normal color and i said absolutely i like it i love it i am here as a father saying good on you little girl i am very proud of her and her initiative to learn how to do stuff and take initiative so i'll do anything for her she's she's a rock star in cosmetology so anything she wants me to do i'm down for it's hair it can grows I out well, I it grows out me? and i can shave it yeah, that's true. So it's not permanent. You know, eventually it will fade out. But I will say mm -hmm. I will not let my daughter do that to my hair. Uh, maybe it's a little different, but you're right. Um, I, I guess the purple's pretty, like, good. Like, that's the thing with colors that people don't realize. When you're coloring your hair, you have to get a base color that's, like, transparent enough to put the color in. So she did a great job. Yes, she did. I'm very proud of her. All right. On to Can I color the stripe on your your beard, the middle stripe? What what color? It's do you not color. How about how about something for old Jinky? Your daughter gets ninety percent of the beard. I got that little ten percent right in front, what do you, right there. What do you want, how about I do? I would go. Ooh, let me think. Hmm, what would go nice with that? You know what I think would go good is a good coral, right there. A little stripe right there in front. Good coral stripe. I can talk to her about it. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Okay, yeah, I'm not okay. scared. Just well, yeah, I was talking about my personal personal MVP. Let's talk about some sports MVPs. Nominee number one, Lamar Jackson. They fake it to Edwards, and now complete it to Aguilar for the touchdown. Jackson, end zone, likely for the touchdown. Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar. Ravens Jackson ran for two scores and threw for two others as the Ravens used a 24 to nothing run in the second half to win their divisional round game over the Texans. Jackson had scoring runs of 15 yards and eight yards in the second half to help seal the win. Nominee number two, Christian McCaffrey. They get it off. McCaffrey right side, big seam, cut, 30. McCaffrey! 
Touchdown, San Francisco! McCaffrey. McCaffrey scores! 49ers in front! The 49ers running back had two touchdown runs and 98 total yards on the ground as the 49ers rallied to beat the Packers 24-21. McCaffrey also hauled in seven catches on the day for 30 yards. McCaffrey scored the go-ahead touchdown with just over a minute to play. Nominee number three, Travis Kelsey. On second down, launch wide open. Kelsey has the touchdown. Going to go to Kelsey. Got blockers out there trying to find an opening and a pylon. And they say touchdown. Wow, touchdown. What an incredible individual effort by Kelsey. Kelsey found the end zone twice in the Chiefs' 27-24 win over Buffalo. Kelsey caught five passes on the day for 75 yards, two of them going for scores as Kansas City made their sixth straight AFC title game. Kelsey hadn't scored a touchdown since November 20th against the Eagles. Nominee number four, Jared Goff. Third and five, Goff. End zone. Touchdown. Josh Reynolds. Goff looking. Saint End zone. Touchdown, Detroit. Saint Brown. Goff led the Lions to their first NFC title game since 1991 with 287 yards passing and two touchdowns with no picks. Goff hits Amase Brown and with a scoring strike to put Detroit up by 14 in the fourth quarter. So, Jenks, you can go off book if you'd like. Who is your Monday mm-hmm. MVP? I am going Lamar Jackson, the soon-to-be MVP of the NFL. I don't know why you hate Lamar Jackson so much, Double D. Your beard is purple. What, what What's gotten into you? What is going on? You've got Ravens purple on your beard. I know you think he's overrated, that you don't think he's as good as people say he is. I disagree. This guy's going to win an MVP for the second time in his career. He is the favorite to win Super Bowl MVP. And also, he inspired his team at the half. They went on that run 24 nothing in the second half. He did something no quarterback has ever done since 1948, which is 100 yards passing, 100 yards rushing, a couple touchdowns in the air on the ground, 100 passer rating. It's Lamar. I think for me, I'm going to go Christian McCaffrey, a guy that's not going to win the MVP, but simply because he is a running back. But it didn't take long for people to see the stamp that Christian McCaffrey left on this game. And unlike the Ravens game, this game was very close. The Niners were losing this game. And you look at the metrics for Kyle Shanahan going into this game. What was the the stat that we talked about? One in 30 under Kyle Shanahan when they trailed by five or more points entering the fourth quarter, you know the one player that can combat that? That is Christian McCaffrey. And 130 total yards of offense, two touchdowns on the day, and some of these runs that look like he was playing against middle schoolers. Like, it's crazy to me. He is the best player in the league. I know he's a running back, but for me, the MVP of the weekend goes to Christian McCaffrey. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. I like that. I was looking down the list here. I like McCaffrey. I'm not going to go Kelsey. Although I will say, every time we've had a chance to talk to Jared or talk about Jared Goff, where I was like, eh, it's Jared Goff. We got to give him, we need to have like a Jared Goff love segment on this show 
where just for 10 minutes, all we do is talk about Jared Goff, his start at Cal, then the Rams and the Lions and how he's overperformed. Poor guy just keeps getting overlooked. Yeah, we'll call it We Went to Jared, uh, a segment simply Ah. about Jared Goff. But and also a tip of the hat to Jason Kelsey, who for one moment could take the camera off Taylor Swift during that Chiefs game, shirtless, <laughs> chugging beers. Just wanted to give a small honorable mention to Jason Kelsey. What a game, what a performance. All right, coming up after the break, the in case you missed it portion of the show, all the headlines you need to know about, including the wild ones about CD uh, Lamb's mom. That's next. Welcome back to The Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back on a Monday, recovering from a wild weekend in the NFL as we digest some of the results. And in this segment, we'll give you some of the other headlines that maybe didn't make it to your phone to your computer, if you still digest the news that way, uh, that you might want to know about. Jenks, I think one of the funnier things that happened yesterday is people love mm-hmm. to say that the NFL is scripted, and even the NFL has leaned into the bit, uh, making these little skits that you know talk about the NFL script writers. Yesterday during the Bills game, what are the Bills doing? They ran a fake punt with DeMar Hamlin on their own, I believe, 30-yard line. This is a playoff game. DeMar Hamlin is not a running back. What are they doing? Did they just do this for the story? And, of course, this did not end well. Like, they didn't get the first down. Yeah. They were stuffed. This was bad. This was real bad. It was really bad. Look, (sighs) incredible story. Let's just get that out there. But at the same time, This just doesn't make common sense. It makes storyline sense, like you were talking about. Oh, what a great story. Well, you can come up with a billion great stories in the NFL if you try hard enough. So that doesn't mean it's a great idea. And, yeah, maybe it would have fired the crowd up. We'd be talking about it. It would be great theater. But ultimately, when you look at it, take emotion out of it. Take history out of it when you're just looking at when you're just looking at it from a football perspective terrible idea yeah he's a safety like if they put any other safety out there and they're like hey not only do we want you to play offense we're gonna make you run a fake punt they would have been like in this game you know that we need to win this game right you know that this is the postseason right this is not us beating up on a team by 35 points we actually need to convert this So it was just Mm -hmm. one storyline that was a little odd in this game. The other one I kind of touched on last segment, and I wanted to get your take on it. What's your take on Jason Kelsey? And now that he's retired, (laughs) he looks like he is living his absolute best life because usually we see the 17 shots of, you know, Taylor Swift in the box. But this Mm -hmm. time it was broken up because Jason Kelsey, who, if you didn't know, is Travis Kelsey's brother. Also played a long time for the Eagles. A very, very good center. Now he's retired. He was in the box too, but he was shirtless. He was chugging beers. He was having a great time. Are you for this? This retirement tour for Jason Kelsey? 
Yes. Now this is what I want to see. I don't give me some sort of pretty pop princess up in the the guest suite cheering on her man. Give me a big burly brawny big old boy. Big old offensive lineman up there, shirt off, hair everywhere, chugging a beat. That's that's football. That's the spirit. And it's very oddly enough, it's very Buffalo. It's a very Buffalo thing to do. Mm-hmm. And obviously he was cheering for his brother. But if you didn't know any better, you'd be like, this guy's a Bills fan. He has to be a Bills fan. That's what I want to see. When you cut away to a suite at a football game, show me the burly dudes, shirts off, chugging drinks, and getting into football. And it was so funny. Then they would cut away to Taylor and whoever she was with. And then randomly, even when they weren't looking at Jason Kelsey, you just see this bare chest in the background during the cutaways. Oh, great. Oh, man. He was the hero that we all needed to take some of the attention away from Taylor Swift. Even though what he was doing, like, he was pushing the limits of a fan. Like, it looked like Mm -hmm. I'm watching a video now where there was a little girl who was a Bills fan who had a sign for Taylor Swift, and he carried her into the suite. And, you know, he was going (laughs) in, he was going out. So I don't know if, like, the people who were working in the suite were like, I don't know if he can do that, but I guess we'll let him try. Like working security <laughs> at this suite has to be like the top billing. That has to be like the Super Bowl for security guards, right? If you were protecting not oh, only yeah. Taylor Swift, but also trying to corral Jason Kelsey from doing all of this, you're like, oh no, no, no. Uh, um, there's a very important girl in this suite that we need to protect. Can you please in the suite? And he's like, no. So the, the work is probably cut out for the security guards, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. That's got to be a sweet gig. You know, these guys are texting their friends like, you're not going to believe who's here. You're not going to believe who's in my suite. It's Taylor Swift and Jason. They're both here. Jason Kelsey doesn't have his shirt on. It's incredible. Incredible. That's that's the cherry gig right there. You tell your friends, you're like, yeah. I, and then I can't imagine like trying to be a professional and not being a fangirl or fanboy or whatever, and you're just freaking out because I'm sure if you work those things, if you are an employee of the Highmark Stadium or whatever, you see people all the time that are famous because they generally have suites. But that's that's some serious star power all in one place. Even though I would imagine the demographic of security workers is maybe not the same as Taylor Swift fans. I could <laughs> be wrong. Because Bill Belichick's a Swifty. Who knew that or who saw that coming? So, oh, maybe, but a big salute to the security guards doing their job very well uh, at that Buffalo Bills game. All right, so speaking of fans, maybe CeeDee Lamb's mom, not the biggest of fan of Dak Prescott. Boy, does this story make me cringe. Apparently on Facebook over the weekend, CeeDee Lamb, star receiver for the Dallas Cowboys, his mom was saying some insulting things about Dak Prescott. And to quote it, she simply posted, Dak isn't it. Oh boy. Now, first of all, I should say that moms don't always speak for us. And I think we've all had one of these situations where you're like, mom, come Mm -hmm. on, you're embarrassing me. So do you think CeeDee Lamb agrees with her posting this? Or do you think internally he's like, oh no, this is going to be bad. Uh. He needs to have a talk with his mom. This never helps. It ne- And of course, of course, what does she say? He should play with CJ Stroud instead. It's like, oh my God. 
you sound like every basic fan ever, which is, okay, my quarterback, my son's quarterback, disappointed, so let me choose the hottest young quarterback in the league. That's who he should play with. That sounds exactly like something a mom would say. And parents just need to stay off of Twitter, stay off of Facebook, stay off of the grant. Don't post. This never helps anything. It's one thing to support your children. That's all well and fine. But when you start taking shots at someone else, like you've got a better idea as to what should be going on, like what does this help? Nothing. It's such a bad idea. You'll see, you'll see parents of recruits do this all the time in college football all the time. And it's always, it's just some sort of sneaky jab or something like that. And I always think if you think you're helping, you are not same applies here. Well, and it's not your run of the mill work drama. Like this would be one thing if it's like, okay, his coworker at Baskin Robbins really isn't pulling his weight, right? This is a billion dollar (laughs) franchise that we are talking about. This is tens of millions of dollars on the line for these salaries. So if you are stirring the pot between two of the key pieces of the offense on a team like this, and also right. it's not lost on me, the the irony of her saying, oh, well, maybe he should play for the Texans. Like if you're born in Texans, uh, in Texas, wouldn't your whole life dream probably be, I want to play for the Cowboys, the front running team of the state. And then all of a sudden, one good season from the Texans. And you're like, oh, well, it's time to play for the Texans. Could you be any more front-running than this? That's about as bad as it gets. Your son plays for America's team, which I don't really think Cowboys is America's team, even though they build themselves that way. I don't know. I just It's such low-hanging fruit, like I was saying, where you choose the one guy who's hot right now over the guy who was in the MVP race. Listen, let's not forget, by the way, that your son – CeeDee Lamb had an incredible season. And guess who was throwing him those passes? It was Dak Prescott. So I understand the disappointment here. Certainly anyone and everyone who is a Cowboys fan is going to be disappointed. But don't forget that the reason why your son was so fantastic this season is because Dak Prescott was feeding him the football. How quickly we forget. Oh, for sure. And also, maybe that this may put some strain on their relationship. Like, it's fine to have these thoughts, but mm-hmm. maybe just say them to your son instead of the <laughs> right. entire world on social media because everybody you know is going to see this and talk about it. And you'll have to do some explaining to your son and the, re- the rest of Cowboys Nation. All right, on to some other headlines. How about the quarterback that never was for San Francisco. Of course, we have heard all kinds of stories about Brock Purdy this year, how, you know, maybe he doesn't deserve to be here. He's playing above his pay grade. Does he deserve to be in the MVP conversation? Well, coming into the season, they could have had a different quarterback. According to a report from CBS Sports or ESPN.com, I should say, uh, Kyle Shanahan apparently was going after Tom Brady prior to the start of this season. So imagine this team with the goat at quarterback. And I think the response that we saw from Brock Purdy, like his quote coming out of this, is so Brock Purdy it hurts. Because he said, I remember him saying, if we can get Tom Brady, we're going to go and try to get him. Uh, He said of a a conversation that he had with his head coach. And Purdy said, yeah, he's the goat. I get it. Do you think (laughs) this is a defeatist mentality? Do you think Brock Purdy should have been 
Like, no, this is my team. Haven't I done enough? But instead, he's like, yeah, he's the goat. I get it. Like, I mean, he I get why he, he says did that, admit. But I mean, he did admit he was a little offended by it, like bothered by it. Where so he was saying, well, I've already proven I've taken I can take this team to the NFC Championship game. Okay, yeah, he's the goat. I get it. So he did say, like, I wasn't thrilled with this idea, even though I understand why you would go after the goat. The best thing about this story to me is that, which I can't believe, I feel like it's bearing the lead, is that Brady wanted to go to the Niners in 2020. And remember, he was coming off statistically not a great season for the Patriots, and the Niners decided at the time, let's not go after Tom because we feel like he's really not an upgrade over Jimmy G. Think about that. So he goes to Tampa, wins a Super Bowl, and then three years later, Kyle Shanahan's like, oh, well, maybe, maybe now I should go get Tom Brady. And apparently Brady was like, oh, no. No, you not now. You had your chance three years ago. You thought I wasn't much of an upgrade over Jimmy G? I think I'm fine. I just can't believe Imagine if you're the Niners and you thought Tom Brady was washed, and then he goes on and wins a Super Bowl. Pretty amazing. Ooh, well, we all know in the betting world that you don't bet against Tom Brady. So uh, the Niners had to learn that lesson the hard way. Let's play a fun game. And I think over the last few uh, years, we have seen that the quarterback play for the San Francisco 49ers doesn't have to be top notch. And this is not a knock on Brock Purdy because look at the Niners before they had Brock Purdy. When they had Jimmy Garoppolo and they beat the Packers at Lambeau and Jimmy Garoppolo threw two picks. It's not like we, he was even good. So you look at this Niners team. What's the worst quarterback you think they could have and them still make it to the NFC Championship game? The worst quarterback. The worst? Hmm. Oh, I got to think about this. Like hmm. a quarterback that's bad, but not bad enough to cost them the game. Like, I don't think we're throwing Jameis Winston in there. But, like, who is a game uh, manager Jameis might be able to do it. Jameis might be able to he do it. He might lose it. Uh, he might, but you'd have to you'd have to keep Jameis on a very short leash. Be like, listen, none of this Good we luck. call a play, and then, you, and then you call a different play. Okay? If we call the play, Jameis, you run it. That's your goal. That's your job. Let's see. Who is just good enough? I was going to say Joe Flacco. I don't think that's true, though. He throw a couple pick sixes there like he did against the Texans. This is a very good question. I got to think about this. Let's see. Who's another decent quarterback? Gardner Minshew. That's a good one, Bill. Gardner Minshew is the perfect fit because he, he can make some passes. He's not crazy dynamic, but he's done a better job as he's gotten older of holding on to the football. That's your guy. It's Gardner Minshew. That's a perfect pick. Gardner Minshew. What about Kirk Cousins? This is a fun discussion. Oh, yeah. Somebody who's great Easy. in the regular season, but in the postseason, you think Kirk Cousins could do it? Yes. With that talent around him, yes. And with a coach in Kyle Shanahan that I think could play to his strengths and knows him very well, they could absolutely win a title with Kirk Cousins. And I am certainly no Kirk Cousins apologist. But with Kirk Cousins, yeah. Kirk Cousins could about monster numbers in that Niners offense. And their defense is so good, too. Yeah, easily. I think that's a massive upgrade over Gardner Minshew. So where are we drawing the line? Like, what quarterback couldn't win 
with the San Francisco 49ers around him. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Matt Gabbert. Ryan. Zach Wilson. Holy Lord, who else? I'm trying to think of Do you other think Zach Wilson could be successful? It's wild to me to think of the trajectory of young quarterbacks if they had played for different teams. Like, maybe Zach Wilson would have been decent. Who knows? I don't know. Probably still would have been distracted with the milfs on the sidelines. <laughs> Who knows? All right, we got to get to break. On the other end, we will get to the latest Super Bowl futures. How have things shifted over the weekend? That's next on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Off and running on this Monday edition of the Daily Tip. In a few minutes here on the show, we will get to the latest Super Bowl futures over at BetMGM. It can be a difficult time of year for prognosticators like us. Because you kind of have to walk the fine line of not falling prisoner to the moment and recency bias, but also, you know, realizing that the playoffs is a different animal. And each and every game is a separate matchup. So you're not looking at season-long stats and saying, okay, well, this team was amazing in the regular season. It doesn't always, you know, equate to success in the postseason. So, Jenks, how much are you looking at the last two games – and letting them dictate how you feel about a certain team. Are you throwing the regular season out the window? Or do you think it's some sort of mix of the regular season and the postseason that you're basing your futures bets on? I would say it's a little bit of both. Sounds like a cop-out answer, but it is true in that, for example, if we're looking at numbers this week in the AFC and NFC championship games, then I feel like there's a little value on the favorites because of recency bias. And that is purely because of what we saw yesterday or on Saturday over the weekend. But then also if you're handicapping a game, like when I was looking at the the Packers and the Niners, and one thing that I liked was I liked the Packers. I think I would have gone two and two it. I bet on those games. I did like the Packers plus the points because I said on this show, and at the time it probably sounded ridiculous, I thought, I said that the Niners defense is a smidge overrated. And you're like, dude, that's a terrible statement to make. But what I, it, 
digging deeper into the numbers, what I was saying was if you look at if you look at DVOA, for example, and I don't get into really hardcore metrics, that as good as the Niners defense is in the second half of games this season, in DVOA, they're in the bottom half of the NFL. So, yeah, still a very good defense, but underlying metrics would tell you that I think the Packers can have more success or at least enough success to keep it close as opposed to these sort of grandiose ideas like, oh, you can't move the ball on the Niners or the Chiefs defense is this. Can't. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. depends on particular matchups. So I look at stuff like that, but also incorporate with what I've seen over the past couple of weeks because teams can improve and teams can get worse depending on you know how they go into the postseason. Hopefully at this point in the year, you're getting better, but you just take all of that information into account and not to overwhelm yourself, but just enough of that information, you put it together and you say, okay, here's my handicap. Okay, so they were bad in the second half of games? Do you mm-hmm. think this is because they're winning games? Because some of these are Could tough, be. you know, when they're blowout yeah. games. So I think you have to look at, like, a wide variety of stats, too, and not just, like, one or – you know, I'm not – you get what I'm saying. Like, you always look oh, at yeah, a critical sure. – uh, you always look at stats with a critical eye and try to poke holes in it and say, okay, is there a reason why this stat could be, be misleading? And I'm glad you brought up the 49ers because – it's difficult not to be a prisoner of the moment when you see the Niners and the struggles that they kind of had against the Packers. So when you look at that game, do you think that's the Niners team that we see moving forward? A Niners team that looked very beatable? Or do you think the Niners kind of revert back to what we saw in the regular season, which for the most part was a very dominant team. Now, again, they'll be going against another great team. Mm -hmm. It is the NFC Championship game. This is not the -the run-of-the-mill opponent. But still, were you surprised to see how bad the Niners looked in the first half? A little bit. I Honestly, I think it has to do with a couple things. Is it number one? They The Packers are just better than we thought. I think that's what it comes down to for me. Mm -hmm. And the more I looked at that Dallas game and the more I looked at what I expected to see in San Francisco. Now, no question, I expected the Niners to win. So let's not get that twisted. But the more I thought about it and the more I looked at the, the numbers for Jordan Love, I thought, this is a good Packers team. It's just that they came on at the end of the year. And, you know, you looked at how the Cowboys have performed at home. And and really, the more I looked at it, I thought, this is a good Packers team. So it wasn't necessarily that I thought that the Niners were, were bad or overrated necessarily. It's just that I thought the Packers weren't getting enough credit relative to the number. I think that's what it comes down to is that we're talking as sort of absolutes here, but I'm talking about based on the fact that the Packers were double-digit dogs. They went off as, what, 10.5-point dogs in this game, and I mm-hmm. thought, listen, Niners are a better team. Do I think they're 10 points better in the playoffs than the Packers based on the numbers? No, I don't. So this is all relative to the point spread, and I think that's where that's where I sort of kept coming back to is that this is just way too many points for a playoff game. Yeah, so now the sports books clearly are not prisoners of the moment when it comes to the Niners because if you look at the most recent Super Bowl futures odds, we have the Niners as the favorites, plus 145 over at BetMGM, followed by the Ravens at plus 210, the Chiefs plus 350, and the Lions 7-1. to one. So as always in the futures market, I think you go for the long shots first and try to talk your way and see if there is any chance in hell if a team has a shot and they have the longest odds, 
Do you put some money on them? So, Jinx, the Lions seven to one. Is this worth investigating? I don't think so. Maybe. Look, it's possible. Anything is possible at this point in the season. If you make it this far in the National Football League, you have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I firmly believe that. But if you're looking at the quality of the teams remaining, I just don't see. I feel like the Lions have finally hit their ceiling here. And so they're a great story. They have a great future. It's been a season for the ages. And who knows? Maybe they go out and they give the Niners all they can handle like the Packers did. But I just feel like they have too many weaknesses in the secondary. I said this last week. And Baker Baker Mayfield, for for all of his faults, threw for what? 340-something yards yesterday? So you can throw on that line secondary, and I just think that doesn't bode well for them if you're trying to project their future. Also, you look at the Lions' path to get here. They have played two home games, uh, and they have also given up a ton of yards. Like, the secondary has been a problem in each of these games. It's wild to me that they have won both of their games despite giving up, uh, what, at least 350 yards through the air? No, 349 for Baker Mayfield. But still, big, uh, Matt Stafford had over 350 as well. So this is clearly an issue. And these are games you're playing at home. So I don't know if you can trust the defense going against the 49ers offense. That's been one of the best all season long. It feels like nobody can stop Christian McCaffrey and company, especially if Debo Samuel is coming back to this game. Uh, didn't even play in that game against the Packers, but yet the 49ers advance. So I think I'm kind of with you there. I'm not a huge buyer into the Lions, even at that price. So let's go up the leaderboard. Kansas City Chiefs, plus 350. Feels like the Chiefs are lurking in the distance. A team that looked very beatable throughout the course of the regular season. We did see some cracks in the armor last night. McCole Hardman uh, making a big mistake and kind of proving the narrative that there are only a few receivers you can really trust for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, Jenks, at plus 350, do you think the Chiefs can be Super Bowl champs once again? No. No, I don't. I do not. I'm on the Ravens this weekend. Now, God, don't you sound a lot you, but I'm saying, don't I sound like an idiot when you're like, ah, the Chiefs can't win the Super Bowl? Yes, they can, obviously. That's Andy Reid. It's Roger Mahomes. They find a way. They always find a way. So, I'm not going to be stunned. You said this earlier in the show. I would be surprised because they don't look like the teams we've seen in the past. I would not be shocked. Ultimately, cream rises, right? Just like Travis Kelsey, where all of a sudden it's, where's Kelsey? Where's Kelsey? Oh, there he is. Two touchdowns yesterday. So the Chiefs are always a contender. I, I do believe, however, that the Baltimore Ravens are going to take care of Kansas City. And we can get into that handicap. we got plenty of time to talk about that. But ultimately... Is it crazy that the Chiefs could win? No. If you're a believer in Patrick Mahomes and you're a believer in the best quarterback in the game leading his team to the Super Bowl, it's a simple handicap, and it might be right. Okay. So, are you on the Ravens to win the Super Bowl then? They're 2-1. to one. Like I said, the Niners are plus 145. And this is where strategy kind of enters the picture. Mm -hmm. Because at these prices, you could play both the 49ers and the Ravens to win the Super Bowl. And if one of them wins, you are up a little bit of money. So are you going to take the conserva approach or are you simply banking on the Ravens here? 
I think I like the Ravens. I just keep going back to Baltimore because of how complete that they are. And the one thing I will say about the Niners is, and they broke through this weekend after that 0-for-31 streak of if you're down by more than five points going into the fourth quarter, they lost every game until this weekend. When you're talking about a Super Bowl, there's no question that with a game that could be that close that the Niners could be down again. Just overall, throw that that now 1-for-31 record out the window. The Niners just aren't a team that are built to come from behind. They're just not. They are a team that is built to overwhelm you early and just wear you out. Now, the Ravens are probably the best second-half team in all the NFL. So if it's close in the potential Super Bowl between the Ravens and Niners and the Ravens come out like gangbusters and all of a sudden they take a lead going into the fourth, I don't think I'd trust San Francisco. I believe top to bottom, the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the NFL. And they won it before with John Harbaugh. I love the way they play. I love the way Lamar is responding, how he responded last week. He's going to win the MVP. I know the Niners are the favorites, but I would be on Baltimore. Yeah, doesn't it feel like the year of the Harbaugh where we have each Harbaugh brother winning something? Mm -hmm. I think more than anything, it's not just Lamar Jackson. It's the way that this defense has absolutely pulverized some of these great quarterbacks because that's who you're going to be facing in the NFL playoffs. And look what the Ravens have done in the last four games. Just held C.J. Stroud and the Texans to zero offensive touchdowns. You look at the Dolphins, a team that put up 70 in a game this season, only scored 19. uh, And some of those points were in garbage time. Then you look at the last time they faced the Niners. If this is the Super Bowl matchup, do you think Brock Purdy is thinking about the game a mere month ago in which he (laughs) threw four picks? God, that's not the team he wants to face. He threw four interceptions in that game. So, no, I would not want to face that Ravens defense. I'd be with you on the Ravens two to one. Feels like some good value for a team that we both believe is going to win the Super Bowl. Coming up next, time to switch gears to the NBA, the best games in the association. Come your way next on The Daily Tip. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.